Hello, filmmakers, and welcome to the Wedding Film School AMA show, hosted by Jason McCutcheon and myself, Jared Haskell. This is the show where we answer your questions, directly diving into the creative, business, and personal aspects of running a successful wedding film brand. If you have a submission, feel free to connect at www.weddingfilm.school/ama. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show AMA. This is the very first uh, maiden voyage, I would say, of Wedding Film School AMA, uh, where we are diving into questions that listeners of the Wedding Film School Show will ask us. Uh, it's a little bit different around here if you've listened to the Wedding Film School Show for any period of time. Uh, this is going to be a different type of show, a different format, I would say. Uh, if you're new to the show, make sure you go back and you listen to all of our old episodes where we kind of do a longer format, more discussion on very specific topics. This is a show where listeners of the podcast can write in to us and have Jason and myself ask uh, or answer your questions. Um, and if you want to uh, ask your own questions, make sure you go to weddingfilm.school slash AMA. That's where you can ask all of your questions. We have uh, a couple questions that I think are really great ones today. But before we dive in, I want to introduce my co-host, business partner, friend, <laughs> etc., Jason McCutcheon. What's up, Jay? Um, if you don't know, by the way, if you're new to the show and you're listening to us, we are both wedding filmmakers. Um, so if you're wondering why the heck would I ever want to submit a question to these guys, we, we're wedding filmmakers. We've been doing this for over 12 years. Um, so it was like... I don't know, probably over 30 years of just filmmaking experience between the two of us, and we've grown our business from nothing in the, to over a million dollars in sales, and we just love wedding filmmaking. It's, it's, it's our passion. We get to work in the upper-end luxury market, and we build teams, and we do destination, and we we're, all things wedding filmmaking, and so we're excited to share that expertise with people, and we, we hope we can help some people out, so I guess my question to you, Jared, is... What do we got going today? What are our questions? What are you going to talk about? So a couple really great questions uh, that were emailed in. Um, I guess we'll just dive right in. Let's um, do it. They're, they're a little bit all over the place today. Uh, first person who reached out is Daniel L. Uh, he says, a lot of clients ask me about raw footage this year. I've heard on the Wedding Film School show that you all deliver raw footage as a part of all packages. Is there a reason you do this as opposed to selling it off an a la carte menu? Thanks. Hmm. So I'll answer my answer, but this is definitely, I think, more of a Jared question because Jared handles a lot of our sales and I'm more other stuff Yeah. in the studio. But I'm excited about this one because we probably have a little bit of a difference of opinion. So, Well, I think the thing is, so if you don't know, we operate three brands, right? And they're three different market prices, like probably like 2800 probably like 6500 and then like a $12,000 kind of product. And I feel differently about raw footage in each level. Yeah. So I think the first thing I'll say, no matter where you're at in your feelings on this, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer. It's really dependent on your brand and what you're trying to do. And I think that's always important to keep in mind. Like, best practices are usually just a guide. And, right. like, what works doesn't work in every single situation. So all that being said, um, why we made the choice we made – was really like you got to keep in mind we've been doing this a long time and when we first started doing raw footage nobody was doing it as a la carte 
we were the only people doing it in general in general yeah so we we did it in our area before anyone did it so that's probably the number one reason why we do it the way we did it is because we just did it first it was pretty novel yep and we knew that clients because we've worked in the photography space like clients want it and we knew it was a value add but there's no labor cost associated with it or very little labor cost and so we're like what can we do that will close more deals and 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 then this is what i'd want people to consider is like are you really leaving money on the table by not charging an a la carte because in some cases you might not be you might be leaving money on the table by not having another benefit to buying your primary package and that's what we considered is like well locally like if we add this value and this other guy doesn't have it they're going to be more likely to choose us yeah and it worked clients would choose us because like oh nobody's offering that and they would choose it now i think over time um as the industry has started charging for it i think um like for instance, Huxley Film, our boutique brand, we do not offer it for free. And if they don't buy it, we don't deliver it. So um, we probably won't deliver raw footage unless they pay for it with Merriment Film. And maybe in the future, I, I'm not, are we still doing it with Stop Go Love right now? Yeah, so the way that we're structured uh, currently, uh, we do include it complimentary as a part of Merriment Films and as a part of Stop Go Love, not as a part of Huxley. Um, and Huxley Film, it's it's a lot of money for people to, to, to buy it. Um, uh, like you said, exactly what you said, uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. You know, the thing that we're actually changing uh, is no raw footage for Merriment Films. Um, we're actually changing our model a little bit to actually add it as an a la carte menu uh, item um, for, for a couple different reasons. Um, but it just works. People that are, you know, willing to spend will. Um, I find, you know, after doing this for a long period of time, I think what you're going to find is uh, a lot of people um, don't care about it at all. A lot of people care about it a lot. Um, so the people that really care about it, you're right. When we first started offering raw footage, I think it allows us to just add it as a sweetener and close the deal up front. Um, and, you know, if someone's looking at us versus someone else, similar price tier, similar deliverables, et cetera but they don't offer raw footage and we do as a complimentary item, they're going to go with us. So we've always kind of offered it in, as an incentive. And for it's not like just, it takes you eight hours, like an additional no, edit or something. It it's takes free. you five seconds. And, and this is going to be different for everyone, but we've always stored all of our footage on Google Drive. Um, so if it's just a matter of me sending them the same exact link that they can only download, they can't edit um, or, or delete it or something, uh, it was easy for us to just send a link. Now, that's changing, right? Uh, you've had quite the uh, journey of uh, figuring out our storage solution after Google Drive oh, screwed all of us <laughs> in the industry. Uh, very, and, very expensive. You that, don't want to be where I've been. Right, right. And, that, <laughs> and that's changing right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people can store it. They can store it on ASW. They can store it on, you know, AWS local drive. AWS, yeah, I, I, that's how much I know about it. Um, and actually, uh, somebody uh, messaged me about uh, they were actually putting all their archive on on tape. Uh, oh yeah, now. yeah, that's that, actually this, might be a way to save money. Yeah, that, that's a way that you can save money and and maybe something that people are willing to do. Um, so you know, there's a lot of options out there now. But bottom line, I don't think we're going to be able to do it the way that we have done it in the past. Um, like you said, things are always changing. So uh, I think you have to do what's right for you. I think it is 
something that if you offer it as an incentive, you'll win some jobs up front compared to some other people that won't. Yeah, isn't the greater question I think that people should be asking is like, because he said, why did you choose to do that? Why are you including in everything and not making money? Right. That's really what he's saying. Right. And it's like, at the time, I don't think there was any money to be had. Like, I think if we would have put a price tag on it, they wouldn't have bought it. Totally. I think that is different now. And so I think you have to ask yourself, anytime you're adding a sweetener to a package, which I think more people should do to win bids, yeah. Um, <clears throat> try to make it something that takes no time or money. Totally. And, and if you have something that takes you almost no time and almost no money, um, and the person places a value on it, it actually benefits you. Like if everyone's charging $2,000 for raw footage and they're like, yeah, I'm getting this free $2,000. That's kind of the viewpoint. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is easy money. Well, yeah, but also they're putting a value on it. So if you give it away for free, that client sees it as saving $2,000. Right. And that's actually can be used against people who are charging 2000 mm-hmm. And so I'm leery about it because I know like people are like, I charge a lot of money for that. And it's like, what if I competed against you? On the same bid, mm-hmm. and I said, and I look at your a la carte menu, and I see that you're charging two thousand, and I literally just change it and go, I'll do it for free. Right. You could be offended at that. You can think that's dirty pool. Whatever you want to do, anyone yeah. can do that to you. All sales is manipulation, right? You're manipulating your client into thinking this thing is worth two thousand dollars because of why? Because you're just charging two thousand. Because someone else it. is usually. Someone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, it, it, I like those incentives of like. Yeah, I'll just throw this in for free. I love uh, the edits that take us like literally 15 minutes to do. You know? Like a toast like or something? Like a toast. Yeah. And then you're charging a lot for it. If you're outsourcing, you can you know charge $25 to have someone edit that. And you could charge $500 potentially for it. Like I like those things that are just super profitable as all Well, people items. think like this is what I want to encourage people to do. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do in pricing. Should you charge? Should you do it for free? I, I don't know your situation. Yeah. Everyone, anyone who tells you exactly what to do with this, they're not mature enough or they don't have enough experience to know that throughout the country and world, everything is different. Yep. But the number one thing with anything like that is always like, don't just think about the money you're not making by not selling it. Think about when you're giving it away for free, the amount of deals you're not closing. Because mm-hmm. you're leaving money on the table maybe not by giving it away for free. Like if you gave it away for free, maybe you would actually make more money Mm -hmm. because you close more deals. And that's really the question you have to ask yourself is, am I making more money by not including it or am I making more money by including it? With Huxley Film, I know I'm making more money by including it. Mm -hmm. And that's why we made the choice because those clients don't care about raw footage. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they'll pay for it because they have the money. Um, the other clients with Merriment Films, quite frankly, are not paying enough money for me to provide that service. And if they want it, they should pay extra. Stop Go Love is in a weird spot right now. We might change it in the future, but they're paying a pretty good amount of money. And, you know, we want to have a higher level of service. That's why we haven't removed it there. Personally, I, I still get people tell me, and, and you can feel whatever way you do feel about it, but people with Stop Go Love, which our average sale is six and a half, seven thousand dollars $7,000, that they went with us because we just included raw footage. Like I still win bids over that. Might not be as much as when we were, you know, priced, you know, at half of what we're No, and we now. reserve the right to change our mind. Yeah, yeah, and, and we'll change our mind. And, and I'm always trying to change things to make our, you know, company better and, and increase sales and just make more money. That's what it's all about. Um, 
So yeah, exactly. We reserve the right to change our minds, but right now certain things are working better than others and certain tiers. So uh, it's all about listening, right? Like mm-hmm. if you don't know your audience and you don't know what they find compelling, that's the whole point is give someone something that they actually want and then understand, okay, are they willing to pay for it or not? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's pretty much it. So that's why we made the decision. I'm not telling other people what to do, but hopefully that was at least a little helpful into helping people decide how to handle raw footage. Yep. I do think everyone should be willing to do it, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you should be precious about it. Right. Uh, and there's some people that won't even charge for it. Right. And that's, I would say that why not? You know, I, I, I don't understand why why you want it. Uh, why would you be willing to charge? Why you wouldn't be willing to charge for yeah. it in 2024? Um, maybe someone can write in. Tell us. Well, uh, I'll tell you this. <laughs> with the high end luxury stuff, I've had a lot of planners say, don't give them raw footage. Hmm. Why is that? Because they don't want people to hear them saying certain things. Right. They're okay. they're worried about client. Like at the higher level, it's much more um, a little more tense yeah. in terms of dealing with that stuff. It's right. not like, yeah, like buddy buddy. Yeah. So I think there's more at stake, and they want more control. Yeah. On the like image and what the client sees. Um, we haven't gotten in trouble with that yet. <laughs> I surprised. have twice. Really? Yeah. With a planner? Yeah. No, oh, with planners. With planners. Not with like one of our shooters no, and talking not shit mad. about yeah they're not <laughs> no they're not yeah. mad or whatever they're just like worried right, like, right, right oh right. this thing like so right. it's like yeah. i do think that's the other side of it is don't don't forget that when you give raw footage i would if you're working with wedding planners make sure they know that when they're selling that because like that some of them will, like have said to me like don't offer raw footage please yeah so fair <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, it is from uh, Cassidy. She says, looking to level up my wedding film company in 2024, as I've now been a uh, full-time filmmaker for three years, and it seems like I've hit the dreaded pricing gap. Uh, how would you recommend I create organic relationship with planners? Uh, I've sent out a couple of cold emails to ones who I relate to style-wise, but I haven't heard back. Uh, I think my work is good, but now I'm questioning everything. Thanks, guys. Hmm. So without seeing her work, Jared, I'm curious because obviously that – just to put it out there, we don't talk about work a lot of times because to us it's a given that your work is good. Like any answer we give that's any tip, the the first tip is get good. Right. So we're assuming this person's good. We haven't seen their work. She thinks her work is good. Yes, and that's fine. Like that's great. Um, So assuming the work is good, um, I'm curious what – your thoughts are on that because we have we ever done cold emails to wedding planners i have tried it it was a dismal failure yeah uh, i think i have to we did lunch long, too long remember ago. with like cold lunch with wedding planners that oh, yeah, didn't yeah. go well yeah yeah um yeah th- there's um i remember when we were at engage uh i went to one that i don't think you went to um shoot i forget who the planner was uh but she said she gets cold emails all the time and she just ignores them um, and I thought that was very insightful, um, because that was my experience. And I think that's the experience of a lot of people out there, um, where sending a cold email, even if you have great work, um, it just feels very, um, plasticky and like, like desperate. Des- yeah. Right. Um, which is like, well, if you don't, if you do that, which is then- not true. I don't think that's fair by the way, but I think that yeah. could be the, yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the most success that we've had is, reaching out to planners or, or, or working, just working with planners by happenstance. Like they're working the same wedding that we are and we just win them over by the end of the day. And then they hire us for dozens of weddings in the future. Right. Um, 
so that's kind of hard to say like work a lot of weddings and and catch them as they come is probably the best approach but like how would you target certain ones that you really so, love and want to work I'm with I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. And my approach is so I did it today. Someone reached out to me about something that they wanted me to do and it was not really that appealing to me. But I looked at their work and I looked at possible opportunities and I said, I'm going to call this person and talk to them. But I'm actually going to talk to them about what I want to talk about mm -hmm. and see how that goes. And if I get a bad vibe or whatever, then no skin off either of our back. I don't have a problem with this person, but I want to see if there's a connection, mm -hmm. you know. And so, uh, you know, I think the number one thing is that a lot of people – they, they, they target people whose weddings they like. And that's important, I guess, but they don't look any deeper a lot of times at like, so like, I don't know, let's talk about like Marcy Bloom or like Michelle Rago. These are like top, top tier planners, right? National, well-established, I would say legacy planners in some ways, like not to say you're old guys, you guys do great work and everything, but they've been around, right? They, they've, cre they've established themselves in the luxury market. And the thing about those people is yes, you might like their work and you might actually like if you got hired, like I personally think if any of those luxury planners hired me and you, they would have a good experience. We would do a good job. They would like it. And so I could easily go like, you know, I've just been sending emails to Michelle Rago and Easton events and like all these people. I would never do that. And it's like, well, why would I not do that? And that's, I think the question I'm asking myself with this person is why would I not do what they did? Now, I don't know who they sent the emails out to, but it, I'm assuming like there are people that they're kind of shooting for the stars, right? This is what I find a lot of people do. They reach out to people who are really well established and then they say, hey, you ever heard of wedding filmmaking? I'm one of those. Do you want one of those? And this person's like, have you looked at my feed? I have six wedding planners, uh, six wedding filmmakers I work with who are all established. They have pretty decent social media followings or great work or some benefit. I trust them whatever it is. And like, it's not that I have a problem with you. I don't need you. Mm -hmm. And I had a planner tell me this. They said, there comes a certain point in every wedding planner's career where they stop looking for new vendors. Yes. And they work with the same stable of vendors. They always work with for simplicity's sake, because they're not getting any younger. They're keeping going. We all grow together. And we've seen that ourselves. The wedding plan. Once we get in with certain wedding planners, we're in it together. And every once in a while, someone will get in there, right? And usually it's someone like a big national brand, like a wonderful filmmaker, like a Peyton Frank or a Larev will work with one of our planners because the client wants to. But like very infrequently is one of our planners referring Larev mm -hmm. because Larev is, you know, they don't need it and they're, they're working with the people they're working with. And I think if you're reaching out to people, I think it's important to look at who they're working with it is there a need for you? Can you actually add benefit to this person? The people who I have the most success creating a relationship with, which is what this person's talking about, like are maybe not the people a lot of people would target. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for big budgets or decent budgets on the weddings, good taste by the planner that would align with me when I look at the weddings, not the films, look at the photos, look at the videos that they take. And I'm like, okay, I could add value to this. Mm -hmm. I could do this. And then it's like one of those things where it's like, I love your work. It's so good. And organically getting into their inbox and just like 
just making those connections, finding out what, what events they're a part of. Like, follow that person. They post that they're going to the WIPA event, in your, which if you don't know what that is, what does it even stand for? Wedding Wipa. Industry Professional Association? Is that what that is? I think that is it. Uh, maybe yeah. I might have made that up. Yeah. But you, like, you see they're going to WIPA. Go to WIPA. Yeah. Go and talk to them. I love your work. That wedding you did with the like, have a personal thing that you say to them about their work. Like that means a lot to people because it, it shows that you're paying attention mm -hmm. and that you have taste. The interest is yeah. in them mm -hmm. and how and ultimately how what you they brought can to the table. help them. Yep. And not do you want to work with me? Please work with me. Yeah. And so like go to people who are don't have a ton of great partners who mm -hmm. need them. Listen to what they're doing and then add value to them in the form of either telling them that you recognize what they're trying to do or like being I think it's okay to even say like I love your work so much I would be I would be willing let me know if you ever need someone to do like like uh, details coverage at your next wedding I'm happy to do it for free mm -hmm. if you are going to cold call someone and they don't call call someone and say I would love to chat they don't want to chat I'd love to get coffee. They're no, like, they don't want to get coffee. I don't have time. I have no. kids. You know? Tell them. I don't know you. Like it's, It could be a complete waste of my time. Probably is a complete waste of my time. You know. Yes. T tell them that yeah. you're going to do X for them. Yep. And then they're going to like, oh, this is two grand in my pocket. Yeah. That's great. So it's like, I would say, identify people who are rising <clears throat> talent who need you. Right. Actually listen to them and pay attention to them and then offer them something of value. Yeah. And I think you'll do better off. I, I heard um, an analogy the other day that I kind of liked. Um, and they said, you essentially want to date people. Like, you want to act. I had the exact same conversation with the wedding planner the other you, day. You want to act like you like this person. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What, what's the modern way of doing that? You go on Instagram and you comment. Slide so into pretty. Their DMs eventually. Then, then you know, you, you create a presence on, on every single post, not to be stalkerish or whatever. But, you know, people will notice that. Oh, the same person is stalking my account and, and they like my stuff. They're commenting. They're, they're giving insight in their comments that are, uh, is a little bit more than just three hearts next to each other, you know? Um, and then maybe you slide into the DMS, maybe you see them and you say, Hey, I'm that person. I'm not going to give you a, a, a easy way to slide into the DMS. Just reply on stories. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say, uh, uh, send a certain evocative <laughs> picture <laughs> <laughs> no to reply on stories because that opens up a private conversation between right. the person and it's not weird well, and it's, yeah. it's like oh this is amazing yeah and that person could go blah 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 oh ah. you were at that place over there oh yeah, like yeah. like get in start on stories move into that you know like, because at first people are gonna just be polite and they're gonna say oh thank you you know and then over time they might respond maybe they give you a follow you know it's like not that either of us are, you know, familiar with the dating scene, <laughs> uh, but you know that that's how people interact, and you want to interact the same way. Um, and there's certain people do, that are naturally really good at it. Do you ever watch really Sunny in Philadelphia? Of course. Do you remember the Dennis method uh, to getting no. women? <laughs> there's don't really extend past step one because okay. it gets a little inappropriate. But I do think the first step of the Dennis method is wonderful, which is display your value. Okay. <laughs> it's like like showing people that like you have taste that you understand what's good i remember having that conversation um, with the planner at that event and i we just did something with them and i i like her work i genuinely like her work and i remember going saying you're doing this in boston no one is doing this in boston i see it mm -hmm. and she's like oh that is so yeah that, that's something i was gonna say that's something that you're really great at because 
it's not just like the generic, like it was so beautiful. Go beyond that. If you're talking to people, be like, hey, I saw that and it reminded me of this other wedding someone else did. That's way more expensive than you. That's way more expensive. But I could tell that that was like some of your inspiration. And I love that type of event. Like I wish someone else in the area would do that. Like I, you know, and then they're like, we should do that together. Yes. You're building camaraderie. That's something that you're actually great at with planners. Um, And I've noticed huge success from. So just be intentional, guys. Like, you know, it can be intimidating to, to go up to people that, I think are, are more experienced than you that, that are kind of like these gatekeepers. Um, but just those are the kind of interactions that win. If you look at time. like Emma uh, K or yep. Payne Frank, people like who kind of had a meteoric rise of uh, even LaRev, yep. um, Storybox, you know, I could go down the list, right? Yep. People who are, they know the wedding industry. And I guess the biggest thing yes. I think a lot of people get held back on is when I say to them, like, well, like, what's your market like and who are the people? Like, you don't know the wedding industry. Right. You don't right. know you, even your local market. Like, forget about national stuff. Yeah. Dominate your local market first. And, like, you got to know the luxury. And so it's like, if you don't know the industry, I think that's a lot of it. It's like, yeah. the planner's like, do you know who I am? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't need you. Exactly. So right. not to be mean, but it's just how it is. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next question is from Chris. Uh, he says, it seems like a lot of people are talking about a dip in weddings for 2024. Uh, I'm definitely seeing a fall off in terms of inquiries and definitely bookings for this year. Uh, what would you recommend I do as I was hoping to take a big leap and go full-time this year? Uh, should I lower prices? I thought the bookings would come in heavy, come heavy in January, uh, but now I'm kind of freaking out. Hmm. So many people are in that situation. Yeah. I feel like it's hit or miss though uh, in terms of like, you talk to some people and they're like, no, I'm totally fine. Other people are definitely noticing a big difference. What do you think that is? I think I, – I commented the other day in a group, but my sense is that a lot of people artificially had their sales boosted because we had double the demand on the market than normal. And a lot of the more established filmmakers with good brands and great films were booked. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people had to go with their second and third option and not, not ripping on anyone. But I see like a lot of people are like, oh, I thought I finally made it. And now I'm not getting any bookings. And I think it's really about people don't measure. It's like it's that book, Four Disciplines of Execution, right? Don't measure lag measures. Sales is a lag measure. If you sold 20 weddings last year, that's great. You sold 25 weddings, that's great. That is not an indication of what you're going to sell next year at all. The only indication of what you're going to sell next year is leads. And if you have 25 weddings on 30 inquiries, you're in trouble. You don't have a lead strategy. You're not generating enough leads. And I, I don't know, Chris, but I would assume that he booked a lot for a lot of different reasons. And he should go and evaluate the bookings he got. Where do they come from? All that. Are they reproducible sources? Is it like a family, a bunch of referrals come in a roost? Who knows? But be honest about, did I actually get enough leads? If you're converting over 15% of your leads and you, maybe even less, that's not true for everyone. I think you could have a higher conversion rate, like 30%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you could like, because- Depends well, where your leads are coming from. And it depends on how yeah. much you're charging. Yep. Like yep. like if you're doing 20 weddings and you're closing tw- at $7,000, you're closing 30% of your leads. That's a little high, but you know, that's like, what is that like? 
something like 80, 90, 100 leads. I think 100 leads is is decent. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. You you can get away with, like, that amount of leads. But I think a lot of people in this situation never had enough leads, and they shouldn't have expected to grow. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. should have expected to shrink. Yeah. Like, every year, what do I always say? Like, how's our leads doing? Right, right. How's our leads doing? And then you're like, oh, good. I'm like, okay, raise prices. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, how's our leads doing? Bad? Oh, why? Right. What's going on? Right. Like, are we not have enough marketing? Do we not know? Like, that's a whole different question. But I think that's what's happening this year, I think, is like there isn't as much demand. Yeah. So people are going to the the, the market leaders first, again, like always. Exactly. Because like, we're not struggling. I, I think it's all right? about hierarchy. You know, like. The whole industry is this way. If you don't know this, the whole industry is exactly. tier-based. Yep. 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 It's all about hierarchy. So like, you know, Ray Roman always says it. Are you the, are you top three in your, your industry? He goes, are you top dog? Are, are you top three in your market? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something we really had to look in the mirror at Vision Quest that first year. We were like, are we? How do we get there? Um, and it's not that are you actually, it's do people think you are? Right. Right. Because are you the first call? I think is another way to, to look at it. Are you the first call that people are making? Because yeah. if you are, then they're booking and a lot of times they're going to say oh my first choice is booked my second choice is booked my third choice was available yeah is any bride bragging about booking you right 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 yeah which happens it does um i think that and and these brides talk dude like they'll be like oh my videographer was great we booked them this summer see if they're available we'll get people i'm hoping you're available please tell me you're available. i gotta tell you a story about this actually okay so were you there when my mom told that story about Yes. We had a client. We had, My family has a store in Boston. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> and a client walked in, and they didn't know. Uh, maybe they found out that we were related. I think like someone told, oh, that's my son. Yeah. Um, but this client was with their friend, and they were – or no, she was talking. She goes, oh, yeah, my friend tried wanted to book them, and I told him, like, yeah, they're way too busy. You're probably not going to be able to get them. They're just <laughs> – they're the best. They're so amazing. She was like, asking – who we were yes and she was like no not even worth reaching out they're so busy <laughs> yeah no, the client the ex-client's like telling your friend this like i had another planner i shot this wedding and she was like oh my god i'm so privileged to be able to work with you you work with all the planners i like yeah like that's how it works yes is yes. like the fact that i work with a bunch of certain planners is why the other planner wants to work with me and like it just it's a growing thing and i know it's not always fair to people because yeah. it's not that our work is so much better than every other person although i think it's very good right. but if you don't understand how the industry actually works you're going to be always confused like why is no one booking my work is awesome yeah yeah you know it, it's it really like i'm not giving good answers to people by the way i don't so, know how to fix it no 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 that, well I, I think just being honest about where we are like the, the, the honest truth is there are just less bookings this year so yes if that's you're, true if you're struggling you know, you most likely have had a business for a couple of years. You went through the big wave of 2021, 2022. You think you're on top, you raise your prices. And it just turned out that you're maybe like not first choice, which is something like, that's a hard truth to hear, but it should motivate you. Like that stuff motivates me. I'm like, I'm gonna kill people. Like I'm gonna like, I shouldn't say that on a podcast. I'm gonna go out and destroy the industry. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna win. rage. Yeah, I'm gonna win. Um, and, and hopefully that's a little bit of a kick in the butt. It's just a, a honest truth of where we are in the industry. Um, and so I would say stick with it. I would say maybe if, you know, you're looking to go full-time this year, 
maybe hold off because I think 2025 is going to be a really great year. 2025 will be a good year. 2024, I've heard, is a absolute bloodbath. Yeah. And and I've heard from like typically we think like planners are all doing awesome. Yeah. And we're struggling. Yeah. That's not true. Like a lot I hear of from planners. I hear. I, heard, I talked to a venue venues. last week. Some people are like, "Yeah, I don't know what's going on." Other people are like, "Dude, we're booking 2026 right now. Like, we're maxed out this year, maxed out next year already." So it's like it is an industry wide thing. You know, everyone should strive to be a market leader. Yeah, and I think like it's about stability. It's not ego. Yeah, it's about like knowing that your bread is going to get buttered every year. Right is important and i think so many people think it's about the filmmaking and it's really about running a good business and all this junk and at the end of the day i think you're right it is a hard truth but there are solutions to it yep Yep. Uh, and they're going to be different based on your market like if you want me to answer like go ahead we have consults i'm glad to do a branding audit with you sit down talk about it and and look at i don't know st louis yep but like at the end of the day, you got to be a market leader. Yeah. You know, I, I think to answer the question too about should I lower prices, I mean, maybe, um, especially if you're not going to be going full time. Like, well, wouldn't that be like if he's getting inquiries and they're all saying no? Mm-hmm. Yes. Lower prices. Yeah. The most important thing this year for you is that you are as booked as you can be because all those bookings this year are going to turn into referrals for next year. So you should be doing everything in your power to just. You know. Every year you're not fully booked, you've lost your part of your referral base. Yep. Someone else has worked with the planner you want to work with. Like again, I always try to think like don't just look at the money you're losing by not charging a certain amount. Think yep. about the money you're losing by not just being the guy that they got that they chose. Yeah. The guy or the girl. And and maybe don't maybe don't like lower prices, but run a sale or something. Like do do something like that. I would say well, I would I mean, ask that person. Wouldn't they have know you tried something what the like problem that? is though? Like if someone's call if everyone who's reaching out to you can't afford you, you have two problems. One, you're not reaching the right audience. Or or they're just competing with other people that are maybe better or yeah, I, I don't want to like, say like they're better than again, Chris. Again, I'm always like, assuming that the this person's the best option just for purposes of this conversation. Okay, right on, right on. They're always like you're the best option and the only difference is price or some or networking or some issue. Yeah. Like, yeah, so if your work is not as good as this other person, then make better work. But that's a simple answer. But assuming it's all things are equal, if everyone's saying no because of price, yeah, maybe you have to lower prices. And also, you can walk and chew gum. You can try to position your brand better so that the next year when the brides are calling you, you're getting people or grooms, I guess. But when the couples are calling you, you are getting couples with better better budgets. Mm-hmm. But you can't – that is not a problem you can fix quickly. And I think that's the number one thing people need to realize. If the wrong person's calling you, that takes a long time to fix. Mm-hmm. So you get paid in the meantime – and strategically get the right clients, but don't try to do both at the exact same time because yep. you'll just kill your business. Yep. Okay, I think we have uh, one last more. Question. Last question. Um, uh, this is from KCB. Uh, it says, hey guys, long time listener. I love the Wedding Film School show and was sorry to hear about it stopping, hopefully only for a short time. Uh, do you have any more information about the content that you'll be uh, putting out? Uh, I know you mentioned Jason will be doing a different podcast. I'm a podcast junkie. Excited for anything new you guys decide to do. Yes. Um, so I'm doing a show right now called the Wedding Creatives Podcast uh, with Binge Heish. And, you know, like the core of that show is like we're both passionate about image making and the wedding industry. And we wanted to provide a perspective 
that was optimistic and was like full on like we don't want to be the educators who are like oh, I can't wait till I can stop doing weddings or I can do real work, real yeah, commercial it's work. Like, I think it's so crazy how many people will listen to an educator on a subject that the educator like looks down on you yeah. for doing. They're like, that guy's still doing weddings. I'm an educator. <laughs> it's like, why would you want to listen to that person? Like, and if they were so successful, like they would be making enough money shooting weddings that they would not need to make money on education. Right. So, I don't need to make money on this. We're doing this because we we generally love helping people and we generally love the industry. Mm-hmm. And binge is a an educator, but he, and he's a hip and cool, but he's, he's a wedding guy yeah, through and through. So we want to do that. And of course we want to talk about cameras mm-hmm. and, and, and on some level, like we were like, let's do one where like team wedding, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, we could give that, like, we're going to talk about like the different perspectives that f- photo and video people have yep. on like a portrait session and what annoys us about photographers and what annoys them. And like, we just want to, let's create a little unity in the industry, mm-hmm. bring people together because I found getting into that wedding filmmaker little bubble. I don't really like it. Hmm. Like I like, I like like camera people, not wedding filmmakers and photographers. Hmm. I just get more out of that. Like yeah. I like working with photographers. I like talking to photographers. Like I don't view them as that different when it comes to the wedding itself. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're working with this person, I'm not like, look at this idiot. They don't even know how to set up a light. <laughs> you know, you're like collaborating and yeah. so we wanted to do one where we could show that perspective because i think it's also something that really holds a lot of people back they have the wrong perspective they don't know how to work with people so i think it'd be interesting yep. um on the channel you know we are gonna we got three bts's that are being edited right now so we're gonna keep doing bts's we are launching a new channel called wedding film 101 uh, which is going to be more targeted at new filmmakers who are just looking for getting started tips. And we really, I don't know how that's going to go. That could totally bomb, but please go like, and subscribe. <laughs> um, please. And, but in general, it's like, you know, I don't really know. Like we're definitely doing in-person event and clarity. And this might, you might've already had it when you listen to this, yeah. but clarity in February. And like, I think just like getting people together and connecting around like, people who are serious about the wedding industry. And again, like this isn't shade to other educators because I think everyone has a different role in the industry and they're working with different people. The people we're most interested in, and it took us time to realize this is, are you serious about the wedding industry? Mm -hmm. Do you, are you willing to put your ego aside, be focused on making good films, but also focused on making money? And like, are you, are you really psyched about this? If you're just like, I don't want to work in that those stupid weddings that are making tons of money that are happening all the time. I only want to work in these 10 weddings that happened in this one secret place that don't make that much money, but the couples are hot mm-hmm. and it looks cool on Instagram. We're not your people. We're not your people. We're not going to do a bunch of styled shoots with you. We're not going to do that stuff. We're not that pretty. No, no. <laughs> we, we, we're interested in like, we're serious wedding professionals yeah. and we're never going to change that. We're yeah. not, we're not going to become influencers. Yeah. And so we're trying to think of a way to do that in an authentic way. And I think that's the struggle is like, I'm open, I'm open. I'm all ears. Like if you, whatever you want out of us, if you're listening to this, tell us what you want Yeah. and, and like, make sure you're willing to pay for it. I, <laughs> it's like, I, I, <laughs> I'm serious because yeah. it's like, I can't do things for free. Yeah. Like that much, a little bit, but it's like, if you really want us to do it with our whole heart and passion and give the maximum value, mentorships, 
course. Yeah, we're not. We don't have a plan to do a course right now, Jared. Mm-hmm. But if you want a course, you better ask for it. <laughs> not after all the smack I've talked about them over the months and years. <laughs> but that's kind of like I don't know what your what your yeah. answer to that is. I, I think um, one thing that I've always really loved that we've done at Wedding Film School is is live events. Um, you know, doing the Wedding Film Speakeasy in Vegas for a couple of years straight, getting wedding filmmakers together to hang out and learn and grow. I mean, that's where we've met a lot of great people. Um, you know, Jordan and Alex and all the people that used to go to WPPI and it was just a really great experience. Now that that kind of chapter is is over and just WPPI not really helping with that wedding filmmakers, we're kind of like, well, how can we bring that same kind of energy and just, you know, community together in a way that celebrates wedding filmmakers? Like that stuff was really fun. And so I can see our us doing similar things like that in different cities, um, you know, uh, similar to the, what um, uh, Emerge uh, yeah, Collective yeah, is just... for, for wedding filmmakers. Like, let's get together. Let's hang out. Uh, we were just hanging out um, in Florida with wedding filmmakers. Well, here, let's do this, then, you know? Nerd. Let's put it out there. Um, what city should we do a speakeasy at? New York. Well, it, but... Uh, <laughs> If you're close to us. I'm going to do the city that people actually are going to listen to the show and answer me. <laughs> sure. I, I agree we should do New York. If you're listening to this, how about this? Head over to the Wedding Film School show on Instagram. DM us and say, like, hey, come to Denver. Come to Los Angeles. And we will make a decision on we, – we, we throw these little parties for wedding filmmakers. We get a, give away a bunch of free stuff. Last we get time it sponsored, we gave, yeah. We gave away an Aperture 60X. No, how many, we gave away like six Aperture 60Xs. Yeah, they I think we gave away like $6,000 worth of stuff. Yep. And, you know, had live jazz and drinks and all this great time. It was awesome. And we love doing that kind of stuff. And so if you're interested in that, um, go over to our Instagram if you don't follow it follow it and then dm us and say hey come to this and put on a speakeasy or fine you might say no i don't want that i'll come to this city and do a team building workshop or whatever it is we're all ears we're gonna go where where people want us to go yep yep yeah so i i'd like to do some of those events obviously clarity is is kind of our first foray into like an actual like workshop slash retreat more retreat um so we'll probably do some more of those uh, in the future, just a lot of in-person stuff is is really great. Uh, I think a lot of YouTube stuff is going to stay pretty much the same. People really value the behind the scenes that we do on actual wedding day. So we'll probably do quite a bit of that this year. Uh, we have actually a lot of equipment stuff coming up. A lot of equipment stuff. Uh, a lot of Wedding Film School 101 that's coming out as well. Um, and so if people want to subscribe there, Jay, because uh, this is fairly new even to, to us, uh, where can they go? Where can they? So it's not going to be live. I think till the first month of March. Okay. Um, the first month of March. The first, yes, the first month of the first week of the first. <laughs> sometime in the first week of March. Okay. It, it'll be it'll be live. Um, yeah. Beginning of March, maybe second week, but yeah. depending on we want to have like six or seven. We'll do a big launch kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, we, we'll announce it. Just yep. to, just and and we'll announce it on again the Instagram. The Instagram is really the best way to like know what's going on a little bit yep. or the Facebook group. Yep. Um, I mean, we're all ears. Like the, the number one thing is this, is like, what do you want? That's yeah. our entire, like, that is what we want to be doing yeah. as a, edu- as educators and as parts of the industry is like, I don't want to scratch an itch. That's not itching. Yeah. Like, like if you, it's a waste of our time and it's a waste of your time. Yeah. So, it's like, if you yeah. 
like I don't want to try to reproduce what like how to film weddings are doing or level up or any of the people who are doing workshops and things like that. Like just because they're doing something doesn't mean we should be doing something. And you might already be like, well, I don't need you to do that. I went to that and that was good. And that did what I needed. So we're just trying to figure out, well, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Like you got this person to do this for you. And so let us know. Yep. I, I love the question and I really appreciate that you like our show. It means a lot to me. Yep. You know, one of the things that I've learned over the time is like, as we've been like, I don't want to do this. People are like, please do it. I've had a lot of people reach out and, and it, that does mean a lot to me. It's definitely motivating. I'm just a human being and on an emotional level. I like it, but on a personal like business level, I'm like, oh, it's really, really hard in podcasting guys to know if what you're doing is doing anything. The analytics are weird. It's just really hard. And so like we work in a super niche market, which is like the people that listen are like super loyal and like dedicated to the show. Uh, but it's a small crowd, right? So it's like hard to tell to like podcasting. Are yeah. we doing well? Like are we you know, how how are we doing compared to other people? It, it, it is difficult. Yeah. Are we meeting a need? Is anyone happy with this? Yeah. So yeah, yeah just let us know. On reach out on Instagram yep. and we we're, we're we're all yours. Okay. So that's a good place to stop. Again, guys, if you want your own question to be answered, make sure you go to weddingfilm.school slash AMA. And we will likely, uh, if we have the time on the show, uh, answer your question. So thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Wedding Film School show AMA. We'll see you next time right here on Wedding Film School. Mm-hmm.